So good morning, everyone. I hope the had a I hope you had a good rest last night and that the food is agreeable and that you're enjoying at least some parts of the meditation. Uh, it's not always fun. Christiana yesterday said that day two oftentimes is the hardest. I actually think day three, maybe day four is the hardest. <laughs> and then it's just bliss beyond that. Yeah. Uh, you know, if only we could choose what experience uh, we're going to have, meditation would be really easy because we would all choose to experience uh, you know, good, good states of mind. We'd feel happy and uh, comfortable. We'd feel anxious. My system very easily gets anxious. It's the nature of this mind and body. It's so sensitive. So sensitive. And part of what allows us to do this work of opening ourselves to what's present is, in a way, this field of ease uh, to whatever degree that we can experience that. It may be that this community brings a sense of ease for you, maybe not. But it is important that we find a way that allows us to, to feel comfortable. And Christiana spoke quite eloquently last night about different methods that would enable that sense of ease. It's like allowing the body to feel comfortable. And bringing attention to different parts of the body that might not be our normal place that we pay attention because oftentimes whatever fire is burning in the body that's aching or some emotional storm that's present, some story that's looping in the mind, it pulls our attention. It's like a magnet. That's what traumas do to our attention. So right now in your experience, see if you can open your attention to some place in your experience that might feel at least neutral, maybe something you haven't noticed before. If you always sit with your eyes closed, At any time, also feel invited to open the eyes. For some people, looking at the altar has a very soothing effect, or looking outside at trees. So our mind is always being impacted by whatever object that we're experiencing. So we say object or experience, and that's what the mind and heart are touching. And if it's touching something that feels overwhelming, the mind gets triggered into aversion, reaction, identifying. And when we take experiences that feel pleasant and easeful, the mind has a chance to settle. 
So you might feel your palms, if that's a place of ease. Noticing how easy it is to be aware in this moment. You don't need to try or struggle to hear the sound of my voice. Noticing the ease of hearing. We forget to notice our experience, but it's actually not hard to be aware. And so a lot of our practice entails settling back and trusting in the simplicity of awareness, of just remembering to recognize the present moment. And it's natural that as we arrive here in these first days, that the mind begins to notice more. It may feel as if we're not getting anywhere by judging how much the mind is thinking or comparing. This is discovering the nature of our experience. So rather than judging what it is that we notice. See if you can touch into that subtle joy of becoming present. It may be unpleasant what we're knowing. But there's this joy of being able to be with it Noticing what feels easy or obvious, clear to be aware of. It might be the breath, but it might also be allowing the awareness to expand into the body, the body that's breathing, the whole body from the top of the head to the feet in the arms. (laughs) 
where the awareness might be receiving sounds, opening to hearing. And as we begin to trust ourselves more, we also allow the heart to soften. It's okay to feel this way. Our mind and heart are filled with habits of aversion, of craving, in all their different manifestations. And so we want to check to see how am I relating to this experience, to this moment? Can I meet it without agenda? Let me check the attitude. And remembering what it is that we're doing. We're cultivating the ability to be present with our experience to be with what's here, to learn about the nature of the different experiences that come and go. So each moment that we connect is not insignificant. This is how mindfulness and awareness get established. And as we check the attitude, we begin to learn how to meet experience in a receptive, settled way. A very simple mantra you might keep in mind is to remind yourself to relax, to allow what's arising to be there and to simply observe it. Relax. Allow. And observe.
In a few moments, you'll hear the sound of the bell, at which time you can stop meditating. Just kidding. (laughs) So as you hear the bell, you might just be with your experience during that transition of sound and knowing the formal sitting is changing. sometimes share with groups that um, from this perspective, when the bell is rung, at the end of a sitting, there's this, uh, it's like the whole hall kind of sinks about an inch or two inches. It's like, oh, the sitting's over. <laughs> so there's one monk that would tell me, he, would, he used to ring the bell halfway through. And then, he, so then he would say, just kidding. He said, <laughs> But the way you feel right now, that's the way to practice. And yet we, we practice with so much, you know, striving and doing. Um, so just, you know, really want to invite that sense of ease. And we've been naming that uh, spring started us off that way. And Gina, uh, Gina reinforced it as well yesterday. So just the settling. And, and, you know, one of the things that happens in our practice is that when we lean into our experience so much, we forget to look at our mind and how am I meditating? How am I relating to this experience? You know, we can feel that kind of tension and striving and that's the way we live our life. And that's why we are so depleted in our ongoing activity. I mean, even washing dishes, it's like we almost go to war washing dishes, you know. It's like, can I just wash the dishes, (laughs) you know? Just wash them. (laughs) There's every activity, there's, when I was in, my teacher, I spent a lot of time in Burma, and my teacher there, he was telling me that he was walking by some monk who was, he was doing something, you know, behind, he couldn't quite see what they were doing, but the whole body was being used. And he was curious, like, what were you doing over there? And the monk pulled out his little handkerchief. He was like, well, I was cleaning my handkerchief. <laughs> and what the energy he was putting in was this enormous amount. And it's like, oh, it's not necessary. You know, you could just use the right amount. So that's something we have to kind of play with and explore, is how much energy really is needed to notice how we're feeling, to notice how the body is right now, any sensations, right? So we we often think about being aware and then we try and do too much, but actually the work has already been done. Once we remember to be aware, 
can let go. I'm already aware. I already know how I'm feeling. I know how the body feels. Okay, but the habits keep coming in. And that's why you know, it can feel like there's a learning process in that development. So do you have any questions or comments about your practice this morning? Yes, in the back. What type of self-talk do you use to practice as though you've heard the first bell? Yeah, what kind of self-talk do I use to practice as if, yeah, that that's first ringing of the bell sets the mind at ease. It's a, it's a great question. You know, I think in the first couple years of my practice, it felt like what I was trying to do was just technique myself into, you know, accomplishing what it is I thought practice was. And I wasn't really encouraged until I was working intimately with a teacher, because before that it was always remotely or through books and things. Uh, I didn't know I was supposed to use my own intelligence, my own wisdom. And I think once I was told that, that it's not sort of a mechanical deadening process, it's actually very alive. It's really intimate to be meditating. It's as alive as I ever feel is when the mind is present and I'm there and I'm with what's happening. So then there is this sense of checking the mind and whether it's with words or with feeling or an image, so I actually had one point was an image I was trying to, what, what is it that allows me to feel a sense of ease? And I think maybe Christiana mentioned this last night, was sort of a place that feels safe for you. But I was trying to explore, what is my teacher telling me about this attitude of mind? I have no idea what my attitude is. It's like, I, haven't, I don't have an attitude. <laughs> what are you talking about? Or, you know, it's like, what is my attitude? And so I imagined a place that I felt really comfortable which was when I was growing up, going to the beach, and where the waves would be rolling, and I would just, I had this uh, image of myself lying on the, right where the waves are breaking. So there's this kind of tumbling back and forth, but I was so relaxed in that place that I would allow what was going on, but I was really present with it, feeling, feeling the motion. So for me, there was a little bit of an image of reminding myself this is okay to be with. So if it's just checking your mind and remembering, okay, it's not my job to be stopping what's happening, but I can check to see how I'm relating to experience. Does that make sense? And, and don't be afraid to use, you know, sometimes we think, if I think about my practice, I'll just start spinning off in thoughts. But you, do need, you, do, you need to know your own nature. If the mind's inclination is to proliferate around thoughts, then be aware that bringing in a little bit of extra thinking might do that. But we do need to know, how am I practicing? Am I practicing with tension, with striving? And that becomes a learned process, just like any other skill, like riding a bike at first, you can't do anything else, you're just trying to balance. And then over time, as you begin to check more and more, it becomes second nature to the mind. You feel when you're striving. Oh, that's that's going in this direction. You feel that you're pushing something out of your awareness. Oh, that's the aversion. And you begin to 
play with the middle range. Yeah, great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll just repeat the question for those that couldn't hear it. Um, so there's a, a sense of a back pain um, and feels a little different than just like the head itching because the head itching, if there's an itch, you watch it, it changes. But with the back pain, it feels that, whatever, you know, it's, it's there and it feels strong and maybe, the, maybe I'm hurting myself that the wisdom of the body is telling me something that am I hurting myself right now? Um, and there have been a lot of, I think, professional meditators who have hurt, you know, damaged their knees over time because of, you know, maybe pushing through pain. But this is, this is, this is an interesting exploration, which is around experiences that are difficult. Why do we watch them? If something's unpleasant, why are we watching it? Let's say we're watching it without wisdom. What's our agenda? Why do we watch it? Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Right? That's, anyone watch their pain to kind of have it stay here forever? <laughs> no, impossible. But that's the aversion. Yeah, it pushes, doesn't want. So we think we're watching sometimes in a way that feels balanced and clear. And this is the discovery of how we try to get rid of everything unpleasant. And we move, we try to get things that are pleasant. So it can be an extraordinary discovery about why do I watch this pain? And what is my relationship to it? So that's on one side. We also need to know, you know, that we, we can hurt the body if we are doing things. And is it a chronic pain for you or is it just coming from the sitting? Long time sitting causing the pain. Yeah, so a key measure is to see if, the, if your mind is feeling balanced and relaxed. So if the pain is there and we're staring at the pain, really what we're doing is we're trying to do something. So we get so focused on the object. At times, come back to the mind and look at your relationship to it. How am I relating to this? If the mind settles down and you can relate to the pain in a way that feels, oh, I can see this. I can learn something about how the mind is wanting to get rid of it or how I'm identified with those sensations. Then the wisdom is growing. But if, as you're saying, if the knowledge, your body awareness is telling you this is not good for me and it's keeping the mind agitated. So a lot of people, again, this is from my teacher in Burma, 
he would say people, a lot of people get Dhamma trauma. Dhamma trauma is you push yourself so much in meditation that now you associate sitting with torture. <laughs> and unless we're being tortured, we're not actually doing good work. And I know that state of mind because that's how I practiced for two years. So I, you can do that for <laughs> however long, but the wisdom doesn't go anywhere, right? So you want to know, why am I watching something? And the mind learns best when it's relaxed, feels safe, feels easeful. And it doesn't mean that we can't watch pain. It just means we need to know the state of mind as well. Right? So explore. What happens when I do, you know, just kind of rocking and the body feels a little bit more relaxed? And am I holding on to some view about a good posture? And I spent, you know, even though I sit comfortably now, but I sat in a way that I needed everyone in the hall to know that I was, if not enlightened, almost enlightened. <laughs> Suff- suffering, total suffering. You know? But in, you know, outward, everyone's like, oh, wow. And I'd hear them, God, maybe he's, you know. But inside, it's just a storm. You know? So... Anyways, then as we learn about what we're doing, why am I doing it? What really enables me to connect, right, in a loving way, soft way with what's happening? Then we can learn. I think I, I, I guess uh, my confusion is yeah. how do I draw a line uh, of, you know, I've been lazy. Yeah. Or I've been, I'm disciplined, supposed, you know, because, you know, uh, some, some practice, you just have to do it and able to, to kind, kind of reach right. the point. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Or, or I'm too to right. Explore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where to draw the line? Uh, am I being too lazy? Like I'm just I'm pretending to be loving, you know, loving kindness to myself, but actually now it's lazy. And other times it's like, no, I'm, you know, am I going too hard, you know, trying to drive myself through? We have to explore. Have to explore. Go to both ranges. If we don't know where the, where the side is, I think Ajahn Chah would say, if you don't know where the right side of the road is, you don't know where that edge is. And if you don't know where this side is, most of us hang out on the side, let's say the left side of the road is the side of striving. Most of us hang out way on that edge of the road we can go a long way towards this other side before we're going to start to get lazy. Yeah? But explore. What is it like to relax into this? And then if you get into really kind of superficial awareness, we're not actually connected, oh, maybe I need to check my mind. What allows me to get interested again? Okay? So, great, thank you for your question. Um, Just a couple announcements that I... Forgot. <laughs> the cushions. The cushions. Yes. Right. Great. So, um, if you have found a range of postures and devices that are enabling you to feel somewhat comfortable, and you no longer needing to hoard what might be useful at some point in the future. Um, we've run out of the extras, so if you can, maybe surrender some of them, but. Yeah, uh, and then and put them in the back. Great. And after this setting session, for those that didn't get a chance because of, their, of your groups yesterday and want to work on your posture with Teja and Gina, right? 
Yeah, then after this session, please stay behind and we'll have another period for that. And a reminder that uh, we'll have groups for those of you that weren't seen yesterday. If your name was not on the board, uh, either today or yesterday, we love you. We just missed you. Um, but let us know because we want you to, to have a chance to, be, to check in. Um, and I just want to say a quick word since we're running out of time about the uh, rooms that are dedicated to the affinity groups and just uh, the reason why we offer that. And I've probably, probably most of you know uh, or have some feeling of why that's important, but just want to give an extra emphasis. And we've been naming a little bit about the sense of uh, ease that's important in the practice, the sense of, of belonging in our own experience. And for those of us that are in privileged groups, you know, kind of where we go, we feel, can, we can feel safe and at home. And if you've been in a group that has been the object of persecution, and uh, just, you know, feeling safe in this world, even coming here, as much as a refuge as it is, may not provide even that layer a sense of safety and ease. When I was teaching at uh, IMS this last fall during the long retreat, the election happened. And, you know, for everyone, it was one, it was huge. One way or another is huge. And there were groups that had asked to come together. They're a POC group. And they wanted to have a room that would provide uh, some sense of community, shared experience to come together. And so then there was a discussion around providing that in an ongoing way. And there's been so much work done. A lot of people here, uh, everyone, a lot of work been done to really uncover and, and work on this edge of waking up to whiteness for white. How do we make this environment more inclusive, more diverse and when Jack was giving his talk, we were just loving the diversity on the stage. It's like, wow, it's taken us so long. You know, and so part of this effort is to really have this be a community that represents our larger community in this country. And that's when we will really feel healed, is when that becomes true inside this Sangha. And it's hard inside a Sangha if people are excluded because it's, it's not whole. And we feel it. So, all right, thank you for your attention to that. And may you have a, just a kind and, and real day, however it, however it comes about for you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.